This is the Concealed Carry Podcast, Season 6, Episode 13. And welcome to the Concealed Carry Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network of shows, brought to you by Mountain Men Medical. Today is Friday, June 3rd, 2022, as of the recording of this episode, and I am your host, Riley Bowman, joined today by our amazing producer extraordinaire, <laughs> Matthew Marister. Uh, I'm, I'm here, man. You called in the backup, so I'm good. Doing good in here. <laughs> called in the backup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome to the show, guys. Uh Speaking of our network of shows, just a reminder that uh, you might consider listening and check or checking out some of our other podcasts, such as the Firearm Trainers podcast. For those of you that are firearm trainers or instructors out there, maybe aspiring instructors, lots of great interviews and topics of discussion on that show hosted by our man, Rob Beckman. Also, the Off-Duty, On-Duty podcast you can find hosted by Brian Eastridge. Uh, which uh, covers a variety of topics from the law enforcement and citizen armed citizen side of things. Lots of great episodes there as well. This is the Concealed Carry Podcast, and this is our monthly Justified Saves episode, which is where we bring to you justified or defensive gun use stories, DGUs, from around the country. Uh, it's always a good time to, I mean, not that these stories are a good time, right? But it's a good time to kind of cull through the interwebs and pull all these out out of the, 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 the ether and bring them to you because it's important, I think, that we talk about these kinds of incidents, what we can learn from them. That's, that's the real big key, how they can make us better, more mindful, uh, more, more prepared citizen defenders, civilian or concealed carriers. So... Today's episode sponsored by CCW Safe. They happen to sponsor each episode we do on Justified Saves because, hey, you know what? While we don't wish it upon any of you, our audience, if something like one of these stories we talk about today happens to you, you're going to want CCW Safe backing you up because I believe they have the best self defense program out there for concealed carriers and self-defense minded folk not only do they have zero limit to what they are willing to spend to defend your case but they'll also cover your bail bond amount up to a hundred thousand dollars they will cover you in case of red flag law uh, uh you know issues they'll replace your gun if it's confiscated as part of a self-defense use incident uh, there's so many wonderful coverages available through CCW Safe, but most importantly of all is that the dudes there running, and I should say dudettes, running the company, answering the phones, taking those emergency calls, they truly, truly care, and they respond immediately, and you're getting not just customer service people on the phone, but you're getting their top people immediately. I actually just had dinner over the weekend with a couple of their top executives, and they're actually showing us how the system works when they get a an emergency call that comes in. And all of them are on a text tree that is automated that as soon as something comes comes in, it hits, a, it hits all of that uh, response team of folks. And so they see immediately, hey, 
here's member so-and-so member number you know whatever here's the incident that's taking place in such and such location uh more details to follow or guys laying the gear up keys ignitions like time to go sort of stuff uh really really impressive and a very very fast response time from the folks at ccw safe that was really really cool to kind of get a little bit of an insider glance at how they operate when those emergency calls come in and they do come in. So if you're looking for self-defense legal protection and coverage, please consider joining CCW Safe today. Go to ccwsafe.com. Use the the discount code podca- uh, CC Podcast, CC Podcast to save 10% off membership of CCW Safe. Guardian Nation members save even more. Again, ccwsafe.com. Today's other episode sponsor is ReadyUpGear.com and the ReadyUpGear Roger 22 ear protecting muffs. So over the ear protection from ReadyUpGear and the and the model is the is the Roger 22s. I've got mine in my range bag just over here behind me here. I've been using mine every chance I can at the range, every range session, practice session, class I teach, competition that I attend and shoot. My Ready Up Gear Roger 22s go with me together with the Ready Up Gear uh, Gel Ear. The the soft seals are called. uh, That's the product name. But they are gel ear cups that you put onto the Roger 22s as well, which enhance them and really make them feel like high dollar ear pro. Very natural sounding, electronically amplified um, audio that comes through them. Very, very natural sounding. I can have conversations with people and doesn't feel like I have anything on at all. Really, really impressive product for a very amazing price. Go to readyupgear.com. Look at the Roger 22 Ear Pro today and also consider the soft seals too. They're very inexpensive, but massive upgrade to those earmuffs. You got the uh, Roger 22s, right? As well? I do. And the soft seals. Yeah. Awesome. You like them? Yeah, I and guys, if you don't if if you don't like over the ear hearing protection, this isn't a plug for like the soft seals, but I'm just saying if you have any hearing protection, even if you don't use the Roger 22s, check out the soft seals because it will change the way like like you won't get those headaches, you won't have that hot spot on your ear, your they it's a better seal. I'm just telling you it's it's well worth yeah. it. Yeah. Awesome. Cool stuff, man. As Mark was noting, CCI has the best deal on CCW safe protection, and that is true. As to my knowledge, uh, you can't find a more aggressive discount off membership than being a Guardian Nation member and using that discount off. I think it's a 20% discount. So that's pretty good. All right, let's get to our first story, top story, Matthew. Why don't you tell us about this incident out of Charleston, West Virginia? Good gal with a gun, woman with pistol kills gunman at party. Yeah, you guys probably have heard about this. It's it uh it happened uh this was May 26th. Um so not too long ago, but it, it was shared quite extensively on social media. But um this happened like you said uh, Charleston, West Virginia. Uh, Charleston police said a woman, woman's actions on Wednesday night may have prevented a mass casualty event. Uh, most likely did because according to uh, police around 1045 on Wednesday night, um, this dude uh, cruises into a um, 
parking lot. Well, earlier in the in, early in the day, this guy cruises into the parking lot where there's a, a party. He's driving extremely fast. Uh, somebody at the party confronts him. It says basically like, you know, it, it doesn't say what, what they said, just, Hey, slow down or whatever. Uh, he said he was going to come back. He comes back uh, later in the evening to uh, the apartment complex and uh, with an AR, uh, gets out of the car and starts cranking rounds off towards the people at the party. Uh, one of the ladies uh, at the party, uh, police say a bystander attending the party quickly pulled out her pistol and fired at Butler, who was the lunatic uh, shooting into the crowd, fatally injuring him. Uh, police said instead of running from the threat, she engaged the threat and saved several lives last night. Um, she was lawfully carrying a firearm, stopped a threat. There was a graduation party and a party with kids. So obviously someone just graduated high school and we could have had a casualty shooting. Um, so at this time it says no one's been charged. Um, uh, no kidding. Um, but yeah, this, I mean, w- with all that was going on in the news, right. W- like with the tragic shoot shootings and, and everything like that, um, this kind of, you know, kind of went under the radar, but this is one of those stories of, you know, uh, when you do have somebody who's armed right away and, you know, can can intervene, um, sometimes that that's all it takes to, to kind of stop the, the problem before it gets out of hand. So, uh, kudos to this woman didn't say her name or anything, but, uh, yeah, kudos to her. Yeah. Yeah. This is a phenomenal story. Um, I mean, this came very shortly after, another very terrible event that happened in Texas that pretty much everybody should be familiar with by about now. Cause this one happened on Wednesday. Let's see. This was last Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think Uvalde happened uh, the day before or thereabouts. Yeah. I think it was, I think it was Tuesday of last week. Uh, so this was the next day, right? Um, obviously everybody's very sensitive about these sorts of things uh, on the heels of, of, such a, another terrible event. And here we have something that appears to have been initiated because a man was offended about being told, Hey, there's kids in the area. Let's slow down. Right. Which is a wholly reasonable request. Um, know, if I got my kids out and about in, in a neighborhood or in a community or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I'm sensitive about that. I've got kids my, of my, of my own, you know, they're, they're, sometimes out and about playing maybe they're in the driveway you know shooting hoops or whatever we got a little basketball uh hoop and all that and we put out the little yellow you know kids at play sign and stuff you know it's just a gentle reminder and most people are pretty respectful of that this guy did not want to respect uh this person's wishes and decided to come back with an ar and shoot at a bunch of people including kids amazingly no one else was injured, which is phenomenal. Uh, either he was terrible at aiming or wasn't fully committed to the act. Regardless, here we have a man with an AR and a woman that draws her pistol, probably a nine millimeter. Could be wrong, but it could have been right. Which is there's there's a there's a sense of irony here after our president just talked about the dangers of AR-15s, which again, yes, one was being used inappropriately here. And also those high caliber nine millimeter, nine millimeter bullets 
that blow the lungs out of people's <laughs> chests. Come um, on now. But amazingly, what is probably a nine millimeter, and it might not be a true nine millimeter, but still nine millimeter caliber and like maybe it's a 380 you know that's still the same diameter bullet right uh just a bit of irony here and that uh, she used her own carried pistol and stopped a man with an ar-15 this is far from being a unique event in that you know these sorts of things do in fact happen um the anti-gun side frequently uses terminology to the effect of you know, the whole good guy or good gal with a gun uh, idea is a myth. It is far from a myth. This happens actually more commonly than, than most people realize. We've covered similar stories like this before. I'm reminded of, remember the one in like Oklahoma someplace, maybe in Tulsa or, or something like that. And like it was some guy that went into a restaurant and was shooting the place up and Two guys, not one, but two guys. Now, it's unfortunate they didn't have their guns on them, but they run out to their cars and they get their guns and they go back in and, you know, put a stop to it. And, uh, you know, so anyway, people wondering about the title of today's episode, AR-15s, 9MMs, and Children. This first story has all three of those uh, of those those things. Um, but there's other stories, more good stuff to come here. Bravo to this woman for taking her and the protection of others seriously enough to have her gun with her and on her person and being willing to step up and put an end to what could have been a very, very terrible event, much worse than what it ended up being. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a choice to carry a firearm, right? Like, and it's a responsibility and, and it goes beyond just, you know, being a good shooter right? Like being able to shoot a target, right? Like it's beyond that. And I think that's what, that's the disconnect between people that don't carry a firearm for, for self-defense or personal defense. And, and those of you that are listening or, you know, because um, we understand the the reality that, you know, you you don't go to a party thinking someone's going to come and shoot it up with an AR for just because you told them to slow down. Like, no, Right. So like the idea that like, oh, I, I just carry when I go to dangerous places. I don't know. Maybe this was the most mm-hmm. dangerous apartment complex in the world. I don't know. But like I'm just saying you don't think that that's um, what it's. And, and so it's it's a lifestyle. It's a it's a mentality of like hey, preparedness, um, vigilance and, and, you know, and responsibility. And, I, and we you know, the, that, that's why I think these stories are so important uh, to, to cover. Yeah, 100 percent. And that, I mean, it's one of the reasons why we do the Justified Saves episode mm-hmm. is we want people to hear about, we want people to see the positive benefits of an armed populace. Uh, kind of like, you know, just on th- this episode comes on the heels of the episode I did, the interview I did with uh, Dave Kopel, uh, this uh, earlier this week, talking about that very I- idea of how often do armed citizens put a stop to crime. And well, as we know, listening to that episode and looking at the most recent data on the matter, well over 1 million, 1.6 million, in fact, each year on average, instances where armed citizens put a stop to crime. And oh, while they are not nearly as commonplace, 
there's many, many instances where armed citizens put a stop to active shooter events as well. Mm-hmm. Woman Ray waves gun in road rage incident. Man fires back in self-defense. According to WSFA.com, Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Um, this started as a road rage incident in Tuscaloosa in a, in a parking lot. In fact, the, uh, the bad gal in this one pulled into a parking lot and confronted a man and his girlfriend, believing that they had affronted her. You know, they had, they had offended her by cutting her off in traffic. She pulls off, you know, pulls in behind them in the parking lot, jumps out, confronts them, points a gun at them. And the man fires a weapon in return. Did not strike her that we know of. It didn't say anything about that. It says it hit her vehicle. Apparently, that was enough to get her to uh, stop what she was doing. Uh, you know, that's that's that uh, rude awakening that occurs, you know, when you you think you're the one that's in control. You're the one that's waving the gun around. Next thing you know, you're the one being shot at. Ooh, didn't, yeah, didn't sign up for that, did she? So. She was taken into a cu- into custody and charged with menacing. So, and the man it says here who f- fired shots acted in self defense and was not charged. Man, yeah. How, how how many of these stories do you think are started with you know uh, subsequent to a road rage incident? You know, like so many of these. It's just like man, just. Try to live peaceably as much as you can, man. Like just, it's not worth it. We've covered a bunch of road rage incidents recently. We've we've obviously covered, you know, it's not a new phenomenon, uh, but does seem that in recent history on the podcast, we've been seeing quite a few of these, Mm -hmm. like at least one every episode and sometimes more than one. Uh, Whereas it, in my recollection was, formerly a little bit more rare. Um, that's not a good thing. Uh, obviously, uh, we know that some of those are unfortunately ones that I think concealed carriers get involved in and, and, and can't get in control of their emotions. And that's a problem because that does not reflect well on the rest of us law abiding armed citizens. We have nothing, no idea about, you know, whether this, lady had a permit for you know carrying a gun concealed or anything like that uh if she has a pre a a history of priors or anything like that no idea doesn't really matter in this case she did something wrong and the man she confronted was lawfully carrying and did return fire Mm -hmm. going now to this story and it happened in albertson's parking lot the title of it is and this happened in uh, Baton Rouge, uh, Louisiana. Man shot in Albertson's parking lot, arrested for aggravated assault, sheriff's office says. This according to theadvocate.com. Matthew, give us a rundown on this one. All right. So here we go. So we got a 22-year-old kid, uh, young man. Uh, he's loading groceries in his car in the parking lot of Albertson's. And uh, he begins to argue with a man sitting with two young children in a nearby white sedan. All right. Um, okay. Just remember the guy with his two kids in the car arguing with another dude, uh, in the parking lot argument escalates. Uh, the documents say, uh, the suspect here tells the other man, I will shoot you with a gun 
at which point he goes to his vehicle, grabs his gun with what the report says, his right hand, and approaches the white sedan. Victims tell the detectives that the suspect begins to walk backwards and appear to be raising his right arm. I can only imagine he's holding it sideways as he's appearing to walk backwards, and maybe he's, you know, grabbing other parts of his body as he's yelling, you know, curse words and things. Um, but before Young, this is the guy in the uh, – in the car, or this is this the suspect young could do anything else. The man grabs his own gun from the car center console, fires a shot through the roll down front passenger window with his kids in the car next to him. This is all going on. Um, and apparently uh, he either, he doesn't remember getting out of the car. Or he may, may, may have, or may not have, but he doesn't remember uh, and, and shot the guy. Uh, it doesn't say how many times he shot, uh, young, this is the suspect and the, and the victim start to argue, uh, again, I guess that wasn't enough. The, 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 the shootout wasn't enough to, to kind of quell their, uh, their anger towards one another. So the guy who, uh, instigated this or, you know, brought the gun into the fight to begin with jumps in his own car, takes off uh, out of the parking lot and drives himself to the hospital. Um, and then sheriff or, uh, police end up you know, going to the hospital, uh, picking this dude up at the hospital, put him in the jail, uh, three counts of aggravated assault with the firearm, probably the, the guy and his two kids. But I mean, this is crazy, right? Like, I'm not saying, you know, he, he just, you got your kids in the car. Don't be, you know, if you can at all, just don't get into arguments with people, get your family out of there. It's not worth it. You don't know, dude grabs a gun and now, you know, you're putting your kids at risk and things like that. Um, good thing he had the firearm with him, uh, of course, but uh, maybe this could have gone a different way uh, had egos not gotten in, in the way. I don't know. You know, I'm speculating a little bit, but, uh, but yeah, this is a, a wild one. Thank, thank God that none of, none of the kids at least weren't injured or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it makes you wonder, you know, what really, started this you know uh we don't get that kind of detail obviously we just know that we have one man says he's i mean in, in this case he's the the bad guy uh he's the guy that grabs a gun first and threatens the uh the father with his kids um but he's just loading his groceries into his car the next thing we know we have an argument between him and this father with two children um but the problem here is it escalates and, and there's probably, you know, like what, what would have happened had the father, in this case, the innocent party, as it's ruled legally, what would have happened if he had simply brushed whatever occurred off or withdrew from this verbal altercation that occurred, right? Probably don't have a shooting. And you know, we probably don't have a whole mess of other things that obviously followed that you know the uh, the initial altercation here so i think you hit on that you know really well as far as uh, the lessons uh, to be learned from this um but that's how fast things can you know get out of control i mean one minute you're just you know somebody it's it's kind of like the man speeding through the neighborhood or whatever and you know lady's like hey slow down there's kids well you know again you don't think anything's going to come that there's not going to be any consequences and again, I think, you know, telling people to slow down when there's kids in the in the area is probably completely reasonable, but we have to be prepared for what what the what ifs, 
you know, you, you happen to say the wrong thing to the wrong person on the wrong day. And next thing you know, you know, you're, you're, you're facing a, a deadly threat. So, all righty. Uh, now going to Jacob's favorite state. Too bad he's not with us for this one <laughs> of Wyoming. We don't see many DGU stories out of Wyoming. Uh, partly because there's nobody that lives there. <laughs> <laughs> and probably because everybody carries a gun and, you know, an armed society is a polite society, right? <laughs> uh, it's not like, you know, for any of you that uh, watch uh, or are fans of the show Longmire, um, you know, made a, which is uh, based in a fictional Wyoming County that happens to be probably the most deadly County in the U S based on the number of murders that Longmire has to solve there alone. Um, <laughs> Wyoming is generally not like that. Okay. But in this instance in Riverton, Wyoming, um, we have a, a situation where a 31 year old woman, uh, she's just at home one night with her boyfriend and her ex boyfriend decides to show up. This 24-year-old man, uh, somehow, it doesn't go into a great deal of detail, but it does say he broke into a secured front door and physically attacked another man inside the home, presumably the boyfriend of this woman. Uh, she grabbed a handgun and didn't feel, it says here she didn't feel she had any other choice but to use deadly force to stop the attack and protect herself and the other man. She fired, I believe it was one shot, and the uh, ex-boyfriend was struck a total of one time. He's transported to the hospital and later flew to another ho- hospital because hospital in Riverton is not a very you know big hospital. Uh, does say he has uh, serious injuries. And uh, Fremont County Sheriff's Office there says everything seems to point to the, the female's claim of self-defense as being true. So there you go. Uh, this is just another example of uh, domestic type incidents that we see fairly commonly, unfortunately, and why, what the importance there is that exists of those that might be become victims of domestic violence. Um, and why, why I think it's important that they have tools available at their disposal. I mean, you have the left uh, anti-gunners, sorry, Mark, I use the word left. Uh, we have anti-gunners out there, primarily on the left side of the aisle, that would say that, hey, you know, like that woman, that that gun's just going to get taken out of her hands and used against her. And certainly, those stories do exist, and we've actually talked about them a couple of times on this show. But by and large, we cover a number of DV type incidents, um, you know, many times over the course of a year where these victims are using a gun successfully in defense against an ex lover of some kind. And so uh, it's a, it's a difficult deal, but kudos to this woman for taking her own protection into her own hands and being her own first responder. Yeah. And, and I think we mentioned, I don't know what episode, you know, one of these episodes in the past, but um, we talked about how a lot of times you know, and you might have, you guys listening might have heard this from somebody who's anti-gun say, well, a lot of the people that use guns to defend themselves, they're using it against, they're not using it against strangers. They're using it against people they know, like, you know, it, per, and, and the, the premise or the, the idea behind that is to say, 
well, most of them are probably, you know, accidental shootings against somebody that they know, or it's not really that big of a deal. And, and they accidentally, or, you know, just out of rage, shoot their, their spouse just because they're angry and it's not really justified. And they'll count stories like of, you know, ex lover or former boyfriend or whatever. And it's, it's like, it's missing the point of, you know, like, yes, like people that, you know, also turn out to be, you know, people that pose a deadly threat to you that can, that can certainly happen. And and you deserve to be able to defend yourself against them just as much as, you know, the stranger that, you know, comes to your door and wants to do whatever. Right. Like, so um, that's just kind of like one of those smokescreen red heron type arguments that get you off of what the reality is, is that, you know, women, men, men, kids, elderly, you know, um, use firearms to defend themselves all, all the time. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. All right, Matthew, why don't you uh, tell us about this next one? This one comes to us from Walnut, 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 California. It's California. Yep. LA yeah. County Sheriff's Department is the uh, responding agency, according to the article here on KTLA.com. Resident fatally shoots suspected burglar in Walnut. Second suspect sought. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure out what part of the body the Walnut is, but apparently the burglar got shot in Walnut. But um, anyways, (laughs) (laughs) Um, anyways, so this is this is kind of a wild one. Um, So this is at 4 a.m. Uh, in Walnut, some place in, in LA County, um, mm-hmm. deputies respond to a burglary in progress. Uh, this is 4 a.m. Met by a 27 year old male and a 26 year old female. They're the homeowners. Um, when they get when they get there, um, they tell the deputies um, that while they were inside the home at four in the morning, they're sleeping. They hear footsteps inside their home. Okay, so. This is different than just, you know, I heard a noise outside or I heard something. This is footsteps. So you assume, you know, if you're hearing footsteps that are connected to feet that are connected to some bad guy who's in your home that unwanted. Right. Uh, The the article says while searching for the source of the noise. So remember that the man was confronted by a male suspect who is armed with a handgun and both people open fire. I'm assuming the the homeowner and the suspect uh, who's who's in the home uh, unwanted or uninvited. Uh, the unidentified suspect suffered gunshot wounds to her upper body. He was pronounced dead at the scene. Handgun belonging substance was found. Um, the residents were not injured. And you know, before I hand it over to you, and I'll, I'll just take like the big softball here. Like we constantly preach, like. Hey, if you know somebody's in your home, the best idea is to, you know, get to a safe place where you have your family in in one room or one location and defend that part of the home. Um, call police, announce that you have a firearm, um, that, you know, they need to leave instead of going to search. In this case, he went out, they go out to search for the the person that they assume is in the home. Um, and the guy's armed with a gun and thank God this guy shot him. Um, but you know, he could have easily been shot at the same time and they both could have shot. We have stories like that where they both get shot and both die. And so the best way to survive is to try to not get involved in a shooting. And, and this is why we say like, 
primarily it's not a great idea to go searching through your house at night to find somebody. If you know for sure somebody's in your home, you hear footprints or footsteps, right? Like secure your family in one area home. You don't have to worry about pass through and, and, and all that. And, and, um, and it's, it's safer. Certainly there are times where you may have to pass through your home or get to your kid's room or something. Um, but, we're talking about like searching the home, going through closets and looking under beds and stuff. Uh, probably not the best, best, safest plan, right? Yeah. Yep. No, we've talked touched on that many times on the show. Uh, and that's a tough one. You know, you hear you, you hear a noise, and you know, I mean, there's 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 something to be, I mean, like it, it obviously is our home, and there's something to be said for you know making sure we're keeping an eye after our home. Um, and, you know, look into things. I mean, um, I heard a crash the other night. Now, granted, the, the context there was, this was like a week and a half ago. We got a, a late, late spring uh, snow. And it was very, very, very wet, very heavy, and actually brought down a couple of large limbs off of um, the tree in my backyard. Um, so, I, you know, obviously with that context of mine, you know, I hear this crash. Uh, fortunately didn't, you know, damage my home or land on my home, but it was loud enough, got my attention. It was late at night and, uh, you know, I went and took a look, but I was pretty certain I, I knew what it was. I was just making sure it didn't come down on the house and fortunately landed in, in, in the yard. But, uh, this one's interesting because it says that they heard footsteps and they went to investigate. Um, if I hear footsteps like very quickly, I need to like, I need to figure out, is that my child? Right. Cause I got a few of them to, to keep track of. And obviously there's usually a, a difference in sound between the, the lighter weight footprints of a child and, um, you know, a full grown man. Although one of my kids is about full grown. <laughs> so probably taller than probably all of them taller than me. <laughs> probably actually <laughs> just learned my, my daughter is, is has just passed up my wife. Uh, my 13 year old daughter. So she's, uh, she's getting to be pretty, pretty big herself. And my son is trying to his best to catch me. We'll see if he succeeds or not. Anyway, uh, be, be, you know, just use your best judgment. Um, but don't be thinking you got to, you know, go check out every little thing. Uh, and as you said, if you know, somebody's in your home that shouldn't be there, it's far better a plan in most cases from things that we've encountered, things that we've looked into and researched that you take up a a defensible position within your home. And if they're going to come to you, let them come to you. Right. I've got the advantage there in knowing that my space, my family is secured where we are, at least for the time being. And anybody that comes down a particular hallway is likely going to regret that. Mm-hmm. And they probably won't know where I am, at least for the first three rounds. <laughs> 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 or maybe no rounds at all, right? Okay, so God, obviously we don't want to shoot if we don't have to shoot. But all right, good story there. Brownsboro, Texas, homeowner armed with AR-15 stops burglary suspect. So here, again, the title of today's episode AR-15s, 9MMs, and children. Well, this one uh, this one helps make, make the case for why do we need those scary black guns? 
Obviously, we've seen ARs be used successfully in a variety of uses of for self-defense um, over the years on the podcast. Here is yet another one. Uh, what happened here actually started out as some kind of, you know, the, the story, <laughs> they bury the lead, of course. This story starts out with them describing that they were, they, they did a lockdown of, of some local school campuses and things uh, because there was a female suspect they were looking for. She was apparently involved in the initial incident, which happened to be that a man broke into a home. The homeowner grabbed his AR and was able to successfully defend himself. Now, amazingly, no shots were fired, but the suspect remained put while the homeowner called police and, you know, stood at the ready with his AR. Meanwhile, apparently a, uh, an accomplice, a female accomplice uh, made her escape and that's who they ended up trying to track down and in the process, locking down some schools and things in the area while they did so. And they did not, uh, uh, find her, at least as of the reporting of this story, but the uh, initial male suspect who broke into the home was arrested and charged and taken to jail. But uh, hey, you know, here we had this scary black rifle, the AR-15, that was used successfully without even a shot being fired uh, to uh, defend this man and his home and his family. Uh, assuming that he had others in the home with him. There you go. Brownsboro, Texas. Good job. All right. Here is one of two stories actually involving juveniles that use firearms in defense. And this always brings up an interesting topic of discussion. Matthew, why don't you tell us this first one out of Pulaski County, Kentucky, where juvenile killed man who was assaulting woman, sheriff's office says. This reported yeah. on WKYT.com. Yeah, and, and unfortunately, sometimes we get these stories where literally there, I think in this case, there's six sentences. Um, but we're going to try to get, get as much as we can out of the six sentences. Um, basically, uh, what happens is says, uh, the sheriff's office deputies were called to a shooting Monday night at a home in Poplar Estates Road in Somerset. According to the sheriff's office, 26-year-old Travis Pop- Popwell of Sanford, Kentucky, was assaulting his girlfriend and a juvenile in the home. Okay, so this dude's a, a total dirtbag. He's beating up his, his girlfriend and a juvenile kid. Um, when another juvenile who's in the home shot, shot Popplewell with a handgun. Good for him. Popplewell was pronounced dead at the scene by the corner. Um, Popplewell got popped. Yeah. He got smoked <laughs> by a, by a, a teen and, or a juvenile. Here's the thing, like, and I'll, I'll give this back to you for the, for the interesting discussion this brings up. But, um, you know, unfortunately, like these stories, they're so, there's so much in this story, right? It's more than just the conversation about like that. We see people use firearms that fund themselves. Like, yeah, we cover that all the time, but these types of stories have another layer. And it's unfortunate that it's, it's covered. So, you know, sparsely, um, and I'll hand it back over to you for the interesting, you know, next layer, uh, I guess, if you would. I was saving that Popplewell got popped for <laughs> quite a while. And then I realized this happened on Poplar Estates Road. So Popplewell got popped on Poplar Estates Road. Yeah, a lot of 
my popping. You can't make this crap up, man. Um, yeah, you know, the interesting thing here, right, is as of yesterday uh, or a couple days ago, actually, I think it was officially uh, um, proposed on May 31st. We have this new House Bill 7910, I think is the number. I'm double checking that. Yeah, 7910, Protecting Our Kids Act, uh, which is uh, led by, it's sponsored by uh, uh, Rep- Representative Nadler of New York, co-sponsored by uh, uh, Mike Thompson out of California and Sheila Jackson Lee out of Texas. Uh, one of the parts of that bill, there, there are a lot of you know things that they want to go after, Um with respect to increasing gun control laws in the uh, aftermath of a couple of these uh, terrible shootings that have occurred. Um, one of those is a requirement for firearms to be properly and safely stored, which obviously we know that's the responsible thing to do. And it's something that we have preached consistently here at concealedcarry.com and on the podcast for years. I mean, that's something I'm very passionate about having many young children of my own when i first started getting into you know concealed carry in particular as a serious discipline was basically when my oldest son who's now 15 was born and uh you know i remember having that that aha moment when you know he was a few months old he was obviously too small to get around too small to like you know for for a gun to be an issue but i remember having that up to that point, it was just me and my wife and my gun was just, you know, like in the, in the, in the, uh, nightstand or whatever, you know, like, okay, whatever. Now all of a sudden I was like, Ooh, I need something to properly store that. Right. So we're obviously big proponents of the responsible, um, practice of keeping firearms secure from those that shouldn't have access. Meanwhile, we encounter these examples where children, juveniles, usually teenagers, use a gun properly, even in a justified manner, in self-defense and save their lives or the lives of others in their household. Um, One of the ones that is most pronounced in my mind, Matthew, is I think it was in Las Vegas a few years back where like a 12 or 13 year old kid who had a younger sibling with him was in the home and, and the home was broken into and he hid with his sibling in the closet and had, I think it was a 22 rifle. I think you're right. And, and shot an intruder. I think there was multiple intruders. I think shot one of them as they basically made entry into this closet where he was hiding with his sibling. Um, that might have ended very differently if that teen, you know, preteen or teen, barely teenage old kid, uh, if he wasn't able to actually arm himself and defend him and his his younger sibling. So that that's um, yeah. I mean, Connor says here all the more reason to get my daughter into USPSA when she is old enough. I mean, I do think that it it's a uh, it's an interesting thing you know where we want to talk about responsible storage and we don't want children necessarily have unauthorized access to firearms at the same time can children particularly in the in those early teen years and, and later teen years can they be responsible enough for such a thing like this 
Well, yeah, I think that they, I, I mean, the, the, every, every family and every household has to make that decision for themselves. So, you know, the, our next story here is not all that different. We have one in out, out of South Carolina where the title of it here, and this is actually on a website I've never been on before. It's called truthtent.com. South Carolina boy who's 13 uses his mother's gun to fend off two criminals who were breaking into his home while he was alone fatally shoots a burglar and scares off the second suspect, according to police. So it says that, and this was in Charleston County, uh, South Carolina. And it says that he was alone on Tuesday afternoon. I think this was fairly recent. This was uh, two weeks ago. He's home alone on Tuesday afternoon. Somebody tries to break in through the back door of the home. He grabbed his mother's gun and it says he waited at the back door. All right. So he, he, he knows something's up. Uh, he grabs his mom's gun, so he obviously knows where it is, uh, apparently knows how to use it because of what follows next, and and then waits, all right? At, the, at, at some point here, he ends up firing repeatedly through the door, and someone outside shoots back at him. We don't know exactly what led him to shoot or fire those shots, Um and certainly that could be a controversial thing in and of itself that we've talked about, you know, before, even with adults using justified deadly force and firing through objects such as doors. Um, but I'm not going to go there because this is a 13 year old child who's mm-hmm. probably scared crapless, uh, but grabs his mom's gun and fires and hits three times, mind you, three times he strikes this suspect who's trying to break in into his home, the getaway driver rushes that sus that other suspect who was uh, shot three times to the hospital where he later died of his gunshot wounds. Uh, a gray Chevy Sonic was used in the incident. It was, it was also found later with bullet holes and a gun was retrieved from the home's backyard. The other thing, and this is a, a sad, but important reality of such things is this article goes on to continue talking about uh, how they interviewed this, uh, this 13 year old boy's 57 year old father uh, about, about it. And he says his, his son's not doing very good. He's struggling to deal with the emotional and mental uh, aftermath of this incident where his son was forced to defend himself and ultimately fired shots and ultimately killed another person. And offense. And I truly and sincerely hope that this 13 year old boy gets some help and that he gets the help he needs. Now, um, the right mental attitude and understanding of such things is important to have, uh, I think, in terms of being able to deal with the aftermath of a, of a defensive shooting like this. Something that this 13 year old boy is probably not prepared for, though. So it's super important that they, and it it talks about how he has not yet gotten uh, uh, counseling or psychological help, um, but I do hope they will follow through and and make sure he gets the help he needs. I'm glad he's, you know, that he's alive. I'm glad that he was able to defend himself. I'm glad he had a gun available to do that. Yeah, that's probably controversial to some, a 13 year old boy that can just grab his mom's Glock, you know, but, uh, Again, we don't know the circumstances of that household or that family. We don't know the level of training. Uh, I have seen 12-year-olds. I've seen 9-year-olds. I'm not saying 
I'm not suggesting anything here whatsoever that there should be a certain policy. I am saying that I, I've seen nine-year-old children in USPSA that outshoot grown adults. And, you know, maybe not a lot of them, at least in, in that shooting sport, but I've seen it happen. So it's clear that children can be taught at a relatively young age to be responsible, know how to handle themselves with a firearm uh, uh, in a reasonable manner. So we have to make those decisions for ourselves and for our own families and our own households. I don't believe the government should get in the way of mandating a specific uh, requirement that is most likely going to be set at 18, you know, below 18 years of age. Uh, You know, it's illegal for, you know, them to have, unauthorized access to a firearm. So, yeah, well, and and to expand on that, the, the, there's also the push for uh, the age to be, we hear now 21 years old for every, every firearm now. And here's the thing, like, I'm not, I'm not a gun nut. Like I don't have guns all over my house. And like, you know, all I talk about all day long is guns. This this is not my lifestyle. That's not me. Um, but I do like, and I, I think that, you know, people that don't know me or like, Hey, you're on a, you do, you do firearm stuff. They think that like, all I do is think about guns and, and, and I think everybody should have guns and every teacher should like, look, if you don't want a gun, that's great. Like if you don't want your kids, you don't think that they're mature enough or trained enough, or you don't like guns, then don't have a gun. And, and I, I wouldn't force that on anybody. Um, but like, I think when you start thinking, when, when the government starts saying arbitrarily, hey, we don't think that kids' brains, since studies show that they're not fully developed until they're 24 years old, you know, we don't think kids should have guns. Well, what's a kid? Well, we're going to cut that off at 21. Um, we don't think that, you know, like your kid should have access to a firearm uh, inside the home. So therefore, we're going to make a law that makes it mandatory that you lock up your gun never, you know, let's not even talking about how do you enforce that, but like, so, so, so you're telling me that I can't, I can't train my kid at 13 years old to be responsible with the gun and be able to defend themselves. Like I get it. Maybe clearly, clearly you can't put a one size fits all. You can't pick an arbitrary date uh, or age to say that, you know, uh, at this age, somebody's mature or somebody's not because you have adults that go on and commit mass murder. Like yeah. it's not about like their brain not being developed. It's because they're evil. And, and and so like, I just think we see stories like this and, you know, it's, it's sad that this kid has to deal with this for the rest of his life. The con, you know, the other side of that is maybe he's not even here to deal with it because this dude comes in and, and does something horrific or, you know, assaults the kid and he has to deal with that. So, uh, you know, it, it's tragic and I'm not downplaying that whatsoever. Please don't like, you know, you can write in and say that I'm, I'm, I have empathy for, for, for this young boy. I'm just saying like, um, this brings to to light, like uh, we have to be parents and parent our children and know what our children are capable of. If you have a 13 year old, that's, that's 
that, that understands firearm safety and that, that's shown responsibility. And you, maybe you, you, you grant that and maybe you don't, if they don't, you know, like every, every parent's got to be engaged with their kid. Um, I think when we see kids getting a hold of guns and using them in horrific ways, it's mostly the, the parents are checked out. Like they don't realize what's going on with the kid. The kid's, you mm-hmm. know, killing animals and antisocial, but, th- but they're, they're not, you know, involved in that and watching that and picking up on that and saying, no, you know, my, so I don't know, like, I just, I see these stories as, as another reason why, you know, you can't just arbitrarily just start telling people your, your kid, because he's not 25, can't, can't, you know, or 21 can't, you know, touch a firearm. I I just think that that's, that's ridiculous. Yep. I, I actually think the way you just said all of that, here in the last couple of minutes is better articulated than even what I said. So bravo mm-hmm. to you. Oh, that's, that, that's a feat. It's a feat. <laughs> You're very articulate. Uh, final story here out of Atlanta, Georgia, Atlanta rideshare driver shoots alleged police impersonator making phony traffic stop in target parking lot. I did correct that title because it said making phony traffic in like they missed a word in there. It just says <laughs> phony traffic in target parking lot. I was like, I think they mean stop. Uh, we have a 21 year old man who uh, uh, tried to uh, uh, stop this woman. Here's how it went down. She actually is a rideshare driver. So she's driving for Uber or Lyft or one of those, you know, of course, most of those folks drive for both uh, where they can. Uh, she had provided a ride. It was around 1135 PM. And uh, she dropped the passenger off at a motel. And this man who had hit, so I don't think he's the person that she dropped off, um, but he's where she stopped or where she parked. She then was blocked in or attempted to be blocked in by this 21 year old suspect with his vehicle. She managed to flee with her vehicle. She takes off. He follows her and pursues her in his vehicle finally forced her to crash near the target parking lot. He then approached this woman who fearing for her safety shot him. He claimed to be an off duty police officer attempting to make a traffic stop in his private vehicle. Initial reports said incorrectly identified him as an off duty security guard. She was not injured during the ordeal. The, uh, the 21 year old suspect was who was shot was arrested and taken to the hospital in stable condition. He's charged, of course, uh, with numerous offenses, including aggravated assault, impersonating police officer, possession of cocaine, possession of marijuana, and possession of drug-related objects. Uh, needless to say, hopefully he's put away for, for a time. Uh, pretty scary deal, you know. She's just out and about doing her thing. Of course, uh, you know, I think being a rideshare driver uh, has uh, some inherent risks to that. You're typically providing rides to strangers in, in with no guarantee of what parts of town you're going to find yourself in because you're at the mercy of of their request, and usually late in the in the evening hours. Um, and of course, we've covered a number of uh, various uh, attacks and shootings and things that have that have occurred uh, involving people driving for rideshare companies. Uh, this one's interesting in how he tried to pursue her with a vehicle and uh, um, yeah. So a little bit of a, of a, of a, of a vehicle chase. And then of course fought, uh, concluded with a shooting as she felt like her life was endangered from him. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, these stories, like as far as uh, suspects impersonating police officers, they're not like super common, but they, they happen. And when they happen, I think it like kind of should cause us to, to rethink about like, what are our procedures when, when we get pulled over, right? Like, um, you know, especially if you're alone at night, uh, you know, um, in a rural area, do you, you know, um, if, if you're ever questioning like the legitimacy of the, the vehicle that's trying to pull you over, you can always call 911 and, and continue driving, you know, uh, not a, you know, like a high rate of speed, like you're trying to get away, but just continue to maintain traffic speed, call 911, say, I, I, you know, I have a vehicle behind me. I think it's a police officer. Can you, can you confirm that this is a legitimate police, you know, legitimate stop? Um, it reminds me, we, we, I, I remember responding to, there's a guy that was riding the, the, um, the trolley and uh, trolley system. He was wearing a like a security guard's uh, uh, uniform um, and was impersonating pol- uh, like an officer and patting pe- patting women down. Like so, he, he you know he'd say he's, a, he's an officer, he's a pat him down, and then he was basically sexually assaulting these women. Um, and uh, and I remember the I mean the dude these dudes are they're just very weird. Uh, the ones that perpetrate these like um per- officer impersonation it's it's a different level but um yeah just if you're ever if you're ever confronted like that you know get on the phone and and and, and see if it's legit um for your own safety you know yeah it's also easy to see though how this type of you know particularly in like this instance this could happen and occur and develop so quickly yeah uh, yeah yeah you know i mean obviously yeah we we want to get on the phone as quickly as we can um but uh yeah yeah i mean first things first right it's it, it's it's kind of my my opinion on this is i often see officer involved shootings where i feel like and, and it's important cops have been trained of on the importance of communication because obviously if they if they can't communicate and get word out about what is taking place they may not get the help sent to them that they need every second that goes by is another second they're not you know getting additional assistance at the same time, it's kind of like what pilots have to deal with. You might have various emergencies that occur in the air, but the first thing we got to do is we got to continue to fly the plane, right? We have to do our best to continue flying the plane. And in, in, in a self-defense situation, our first priority is, well, right now, not die and do what I got to do to prevent that. And I, I sometimes question whether... LE training has taken it so far with respect to communication and their in, in the communication training side of things that that it sort of has muddied the waters as far as like well, we, we we have a problem we need to deal with right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but you see shootings all the time is fairly common where you know it's it's still an active shooting and meanwhile they're taking a hand off the gun and well, you know shots fired shots fired shots fired and and like still trying to be you know engaged with the suspect. And I understand like the desire to get the call out and get help on its way, but we also need to like take care of the most immediate problem in front of us. Um, and, and, and that's kind of, you know, how I see a situation like this too. It's like, if this develops so quickly, it's like, well, first I got to do everything I can to evade what's transpiring. And as soon as I am able to, and it's reasonable to do so. Yeah get on that phone. I mean, I could obviously, uh, with technology nowadays, my phone might be sitting, you know, might be in a holder. Uh, in this case, it probably isn't a holder on her dash. She's driving for uh, Uber or Lyft or whatever. Right. But using 
things like Siri or, or, or Hey Google or whatever, and being like, Hey, call 911. And, uh, being able to do that, you know, hands-free can, uh, can be a, an important thing to think about and realize. Um, yeah. Anyway, interesting story there out of Atlanta. That brings us to a conclusion of today's Justified Save Stories. And I guess a conclusion of this episode. Hmm. Matthew, final words as we put the, uh, the bow tie on the wrapping paper here. <laughs> I'll just say we mention this every so often, but you know, the purpose of doing these stories is not to Monday morning quarterback. Some of it is speculation because we don't know all the facts. Right. But what we're doing is we're trying to take these stories and, and, and get as much out of it as we can. So we can bring awareness to good things and bad things, um, make people more thoughtful about the realities of self-defense and, and violence and, and, and how that plays out and maybe be a little bit more prepared. And also, you know, it, there is a narrative that firearms are always used for evil. And, you know, it, even if it's, you know, just our podcast right here and the people that listen to it, um, that we're, we need to counter that and, and show the truth because these are people that, you know, in other cases would be considered heroes. Like the woman who stopped that dude with the AR-15, like, like other people are called heroes all the time that, that haven't done like what this woman's did, you know, it, but yet it, 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 it's just because the culture wants to be so against firearms that they can't even come to, to, to say what this woman did was, was good. And so I think, you know, even if it's just us, um, to, to bring light to, to, to these people and what they've done. So. Yeah. Yep. Thank you. Uh, today's episode sponsored by CCW safe guys, a reminder, you know, check out CCWSafe.com. Uh, use the discount code podcast or CC podcast, excuse me, CC podcast, save 10%. Uh, if you need, if, if you want to research more about various uh, self-defense uh, legal coverage programs that, that are out there, you can always go to concealedcarry.com forward slash insurance, get some uh, handy dandy resources there on that page, including a very uh, convenient and also recently updated uh, comparison chart, comparing all of the uh, major players in that space. It's usually pretty helpful. Uh, I think you'll you'll find by reviewing that, that like me, you may very well f- make a similar decision with respect to your, your own coverage, but uh, most important thing is that you choose the coverage program that is best for you. And also again, readyupgear.com are the sponsor today and their fantastic Roger 22 earmuffs over the ear ear protection. Check them out again, readyupgear.com guys. We're going to let you go. Have a great rest of your Friday. Have a great weekend. We'll see you back here next week with more podcasts. So that's a wrap. A reminder to train right, train often, and train safe so you can fight hard, fight fast, and fight true. Take care. A reminder that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand applicable laws. The Concealed Carry Podcast, Concealed Carry Inc., ConcealedCarry.com, and their affiliates strive to share insights and stories about firearm-related incidents and laws, but things could be different where you live, or laws may have changed by the time you listen to this. We cannot be held liable for your actions based on the information shared in this podcast.